Greetings from Hosanna Free Lutheran Church in St. James, Minnesota. Our goal for this radio broadcast is that you might grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. This is the goal for everything that we do, whether it's our 9 a.m. Sunday school, our 10.30 worship, or our men's and women's Bible studies. If there's any way that we can help you grow further in your relationship with Jesus, please do not hesitate to contact us. We pray that this would bless you. Luke 14, verses 25 through 33. And I read in Jesus' name, the cost of discipleship. Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Let us pray. Father, if we, as we come to study your word, we ask that you would send your Holy Spirit to us. Lord, to change us and to sanctify us through your truth, as your word is truth. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So today we're talking about counting the cost and asking the really hard question. Do you actually want to be Jesus' disciple? Or, or do you want to be someone else's? We can just ignore the phone. They can leave a message. Nice thing about answering machines. That means I don't have to be there right now all the time. Um, are we willing, though, to be Christ's disciple? Is that really what we want? Because the reality is, most people don't. They don't really want to be Christ's disciple. They want to be something else. They want to kind of go halfway. They, they want a modified discipleship, to, to quote Greg Kukul from uh, um, the tactics thing. He was talking about a modified pro-choice position, which he said is ultimately just a pro-choice position. But people want to have a modified discipleship. They want to have a discipleship that they are in charge of, which means who's really the master of their discipleship then? They are. They want to have a discipleship where they get to be the master. It doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Because if you're actually going to be someone's disciple, doesn't, mean, doesn't that mean that you have to trust that person and submit to what that person says and live according to how they would have you live? Because that's what discipleship is. It's becoming like someone else. It's learning how to be from that person. And so if we actually want to be Jesus' disciples, that means that Jesus actually has to be the master. And then he has to be the master over everything. And, you know, when we, we live in a very mobile culture, 
right? Because I, I think about Kirsten's family. So Kirsten's family, we have us here in St. James, we have her parents down in Houston, and then we have her sister down in Phoenix. And then we have her grandparents down in Phoenix, and so her parents are eight hours away from her grandparents, and we're eight hours away from Jerry and Kathy. No, more than that. Twelve hours away from Jerry and Kathy. And uh, something like that. I don't remember. It's longer than that. It's something. We're a long ways away. We're six hours from my folks. I know that one because I drive that one more often. But relationships meant everything to the Jewish people in this day. There were people that never left their town. I actually know, I knew a lady when I was growing up. She grew, she lived in a place called Winger. And Winger is a thriving metropolis of about 200 people. Um, And she had never been more than 25 miles away from Winger. That was just her life. I was really young when I met her and she was quite old. She was not young. You know, but this, she was not young. No. Um, you know, and so it was, a, it was a different generation, but that was her life. Everything that she lived in there, that was her life. All of her family lived in that area. They were all right there. And so she had no reason to go further. She never had any reason to go further because everything she needed was right there. Jesus is saying to the people that are following him, these great crowds that are following him, these things that mean everything to you, these relationships that mean everything to you, are you willing to actually set them aside for me? Because that's what my, you being my disciple actually means. That means that if your husband disagrees with me, that you're going to disagree with your husband. If your wife disagrees with me, you're going to disagree with your wife. If your children reject you because you walk with me, you're going to have to allow that. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to actually make Jesus be Lord of your life? He is Lord. Are you willing to actually submit to that? Because that's what this word hate means in the context in which it's given. It's not, are you willing to despise your wife? And it's like, well, it depends on the day, but you know, no. (laughs) Right, it's a joke. Thankfully, that is a joke. But No, that's not what it means. It doesn't mean to despise. It means to set second. I love my wife. What does that mean? That of all the women in this world, she comes first. That's what that means. There is no woman that comes before my wife in this world, including my mother. My wife is first. That's what it means to love my wife. We don't have to think about that because we think, well, that means I have a lot of affection for her. No, that means I have a lot of affection for her. For me to love her is for me to put her first before every other woman. For Christ, for me then to, which means that in contrast, I put everyone else second. And so I would hate them. That's the concept. And so it's not that I despise every other woman. I'm not a misogynist except. It is everyone else is second. So are you willing to put everyone else second to Jesus? Because that's not easy. If Jesus is going to be your Lord, it's not going to be easy. Because there's going to be emotional conflict within that, right? I want this person to like, I want my children to like me. I know they might not always, but I want that. Am I willing to allow them to despise me? To think lowly of me? I want my parents to think highly of me. Am I willing to allow them to think lowly of me? For the decisions that I make, for the 
for following Christ, for trusting him? Am I willing to do that? Because that's what discipleship means. These relationships that actually mean a lot to us. Are you willing to allow them to be second for Jesus' sake? Because you say, he is my Lord, then he says, all right. I will be your Lord, but are you going to trust me through that? Are you willing to bear your cross and follow him? Take up whatever difficulty or hardship that you end up having because of it. Are you willing? Because this is a question. This is a question of will. Are you willing? It's not a question of ability. Well, I can't do that. No, that's not true. Because if Jesus is calling you to do it, he's saying, if you trust me, you will have the ability. Do you have the will? You might not have the desire, but do you have the will? You know, any athlete understands the difference. Because if you've ever, you know, as, if you, sometimes when you wake up in the morning, you don't want to exercise. I remember many times growing up that I just didn't want. I didn't want to go to practice. I didn't want to get to school at 7 o'clock. I didn't want to. But I knew this is what I needed to. And so my will overrode my want, my desires. My desire was to stay in bed. My desire was to have things easy. But I had to override that because I had a team that was counting on me. It's not just athletes, it's parents too. Am I willing to stay up with my kids when they need it? Am I willing? Are you willing to take up your cross and follow him? This isn't going to be easy, Jesus is saying. Paul goes so far as to say, if you actually seek to follow Jesus, you will face persecution. This is reality. There's going to be people in your life that you care about that think you're nuts. There's going to be people in your life that you don't care about that are going to try to make your life miserable because you actually care about Jesus. For whatever reason. Jesus doesn't go into that here. He just says it's going to happen. Are you willing to still follow me in the midst of that? Are you willing to give up your life for me? Are you willing to live your life for me? Are you willing? Because if you're not, he says, then you're not my disciple. That's the problem. Then you're someone else's disciple. You might be your own disciple. So in verse 27, as when I was reading through that with you originally there, whoever does not bear his own cross and comes after me cannot uh, be my disciple. Why does it not say come with me versus after me? I, I struggle with the, the wording of it and it is it something related and not the terms of the time. Good point. So when Jesus is saying come after me, he's saying I've already done it. This, is his, this was his life. This is his life. He's, he's still alive. And so as Christ bore his own cross, as Christ put his relationship with the Father above his relationship with his mother, above his relationship with his brothers and his sisters, above his relationship with even the synagogue, because in Capernaum they tried to kill him. Um, you know, as Jesus put his relationship with the Father above all of those things, he's saying, I've already led the way. I've already been willing. I've already done this, and I'm going to have... And so, you know, and he doesn't say it in that manner, but it, 
is we see him go to the cross bearing his own cross. Because we read about that in men's Bible study yesterday. Christ bore his own cross. He's already led the way. He's a good leader. He's not leading from behind. He's already paved the path. And so the one who comes with us now is Christ, but it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of Christ. And so he walks with us through all of these things. You know, and then we get into the discussion about the Trinity and whatnot, but I'm, I'm not going to get into all of that. But as Jesus says, I've already gone before you. Now he walks with us as we go through this, but we go through it following what he did. Does that make sense? And so if you imagine that he's already, for, he's already in front of us paving the road. And he's saying, walk my road. But this is what my road really is. It's being willing to put all these other things second. Jim, part of that too would be, we know what lies ahead because Christ is going to. Whereas if he's walking with us and, and paving the road as we go, what's next? Yeah. We don't know all the details, but we know the lies ahead. As you were speaking about, you know, what that made me think, do you think part of it was prophecy trying to tell the disciples the tribulations that were going to be in their life after he was gone? They were going to suffer a lot of the same things that, uh, that he suffered. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, you're right, Brent. It, it, this was also prophecy. That's, this is what Christ is doing. And not, that's not just for them. That's for, that's for us, too. It, yeah. Because you're going to have people in your life and, you know, we talk about this as, and, well, people are going to despise me and they're going to think badly of me, whereas in a lot of other nations, it's, uh, you're taking your life into your hands. Um, yeah, right now, in quite a few Muslim nations, that if they learn that you're a Christian, you lose your job. They learn that you're a Christian. If a father learns that his daughter or his son has become a Christian, they have the obligation, not the right, the obligation to kill them in honor killing for the sake of the community. You know, and, and so if you become a Christian, I, I met a guy, he was an evangelist when I was in college. Um, he was an evangelist and he was working with Muslims. Um, and I'm forgetting the country that he was working with them in. And he was, he was speaking to me in, in tears because he said, three out of four of the people that give their lives to the Lord are killed within the year. Now you think about that. Three out of four of the people that, have, that he's evangelized, that have given their lives to the Lord that he's been working with, have been killed. You know, it's just tearing them up because it's, they're giving their lives to the Lord. This is great. And yet, this is what we also see. And then we see the turmoil that comes on with that. And so, you know, when we look at this, like, <laughs> you know, people are going to mock me. We don't, yeah. This is the true cross. Are you, because these people, as they give their lives to the Lord, they also have to entrust their family to the Lord. You know, I think about Richard Wurmbrandt in uh, Romania, if you've ever read Tortured for Christ. And don't read Tortured for Christ thinking it's going to be uplifting. Um, it's brutal. He had to entrust his wife and his family that God would provide for them because he was no longer able to because he was in jail. You know, are you willing to put your family second they might despise you, but are you willing to actually entrust them to God as you follow me? Well, that's tough. You know, I, I, when I read that, 
in, in Romania during the beginning when the communists came through, they would, they would kick the children out of, they would arrest the parents, the Christian parents, and then they would kick the children out of the house and they would punish anybody that helped them. This is what happened. This is what communism does. Like, well, that wasn't true communism. I'm not going to get into that. But this is reality. You know Benny's testimony because Benny brought in Romania. Yeah, and he was he was mocked and he was scorned and he was kicked out of school oftentimes just because he was a Christian. And this is the stuff that's going on. And Jesus is saying, if you're gonna be my disciple, you're gonna have to face this at least to some degree. Are you willing? Because if you're not, you can't be my disciple. If you're not willing to do that, you're gonna be someone else's disciple, and they're probably gonna tickle your ears and tell you, No, it's all good. God only wants you to be happy. Jesus is saying, no, it's going to be hard. It's going to be good. And you're going to have joy. But it's not going to be easy. Christianity isn't an easy religion. There is no easy believism here. This is discipleship. Are we, do we actually want to be Jesus' disciple? You're going to be tested and tried with that. You know, you're going to be tested on multiple levels. Are you going to have integrity when nobody sees because that's a level that you're going to be tested. Jesus says, are you willing to be my disciple even when no one sees it? Even when it's bad for you financially. Even when it's bad for you emotionally. Even when it's bad for your job. Even when it's bad for your prospects. Even when it's bad for your future. Are you willing to be my disciple? Even when it's hard. Because unless you're willing to renounce everything. And so Jesus tells this parable in here. Um... For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? And so this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, are you willing to do this? Are you willing to count the cost now? Ask the hard questions now. Because you got all these crowds following Jesus. You know, when the big crowds follow Jesus, this is when the question comes up. Are you, do you really want this? Because when push came to shove, how many ultimately ended up following Jesus all the way to the Garden of Gethsemane? Twelve. Because when Jesus says, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you cannot be, he doesn't say you cannot be my disciple, but he says this is what it means to be my disciple, that you'd eat my body and that you drink my blood. And people, people said what? Well, this is a hard saying. And many left. They didn't understand they didn't want, and so they left. They weren't willing to submit to him. They weren't willing to actually be his disciple. They weren't willing to put their preconceptions aside. They wanted what they wanted. They wanted to be their own master and have Jesus fill in their discipleship. So Jesus is saying, are you willing to count the cost? Because you count the cost first. Now, does that mean that we truly understand what this is gonna, what's going to happen? Well, no. I have no idea. I don't know if this is going to mean that, you know, I'll be poor the rest of my life or something. I don't, I don't know. It could be that. It could be that things will change in our country dramatically because I know that during COVID, there were people in Canada that were arrested because they were out. Well, actually, I did hear of, I heard of pastors and priests, and so not just Protestants getting arrested because they brought Bible study and communion into people's homes. Can't do that. They went to jail. 
So are we willing to, you know, we don't know what's coming. Are we willing to break the law for the sake of Christ? Like, yes, absolutely. I'm an American. That's what we do. (laughs) But are you willing? That's the question. You know, this concept of the delegation. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation, not able to finish it, all who see it begin to mock him, saying this man built and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. Because this is what's going on. If I say, no, I'm going to be my disciple. I'm going to be in charge. I'm going to be my Lord. I'm going to make my decisions. I'm going to be boss. Am I able to defeat him who's coming? Am I able to defeat death? Am I able to defeat my own sin? Am I able to bring joy into my own life? Because Jesus is saying, this is what's going on here. Hey, if you're going to be doing this, you've got to ask the hard questions. But am I able isn't the only hard question you have to ask. The other question is, are you going to be able to win on your own? Because if you're not willing to be my disciple, the person you're following, is he greater than me? Because that's the question also. Because you know what? If I'm my own boss, I have a fool for a follower. Because I can't beat Jesus. So Jesus is saying, unless you're willing to renounce everything, even your own lordship over yourself, you cannot be my disciple. Unless you're totally willing to submit to him because he's coming. He is coming again to claim his disciples. No, this is crazy, isn't it? This is what God is asking for us. This is what God is asking of us. Are you willing to actually be his disciple? And if you say no, you know what that means too. It's not, well, Jesus, I kind of want to be your disciple. No. Either you are or you aren't. So I, I love having nice, uplifting encouraging sermons. Um, But Jesus is talking to the crowds here and he's laying it on them. But in so doing, he's also talking to us. And you know what? There are times when I fail this. And so then what do we do? Well, what what does our master tell us to do? You know, what are we told in 1 John? That if we have sin, we confess our sin Because we have an advocate on our side. That's what Jesus says. So then we don't do what the world says because the world says, well, you have to first fix yourself and then you can come to God. Because that's what every other religion's about. How do you fix yourself in order to come to God? Even, yeah, you name it. It doesn't matter. They're all about that. Christianity says, are you willing to actually trust Jesus? So then come to Jesus. Lord, I failed in this. Come to Jesus. Lord, I don't know if I even have the will for that. You know where you turn? To Jesus. If anyone lacks wisdom, what are you supposed to do? Let him ask of God 
who gives to all liberally and without reproach. But you know what? That requires me to die to myself. You mean I can't trust myself? No. You mean I can't trust my emotions? No. You mean I can't trust my own thoughts? No, you're supposed to submit those to Jesus too. Take every thought captive to Christ. You know, am I willing to bring everything? But I really like this one, God. (laughs) Am I willing to bring that to Christ too? And be his disciple? Am I willing? Are you? Are you willing to count the cost? Now, And ask that question. Do I really want Jesus to be Lord over my life? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that the cost that we bear is often only emotional. Lord, and so we ask then for those who are bearing not just emotional costs, but also costs at a much higher degree than we are experiencing. We pray that you'd grant them courage. We pray for our brothers and sisters around the world that are being persecuted. And we ask that you would bless them as they count the cost. And we ask that you would, that you would be our Lord. And that you would teach us what that means. Lord, because we lack wisdom. I do. And I don't know what lordship ultimately means. Lord, what discipleship truly means. So I look to you and we look to you and ask that you would guide us, that our thoughts, our emotions, and our will would all be lined up with you. That we would submit to you in all things. That we would be your disciples. Lord, this is what we want. Show us how to live that out and what that means in our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.